The JLab JBuds line has something for everyone. Like the JBuds Mini, the smallest earbud on the market by a major brand. Fits on your keychain. Perfect for on the go. They come in five amazing colors. Or the JBuds Air Sport. True wireless sport earbuds that have a secure fit, are sweatproof, and have be aware mode that allow you to exercise while still being aware of your surroundings. With over 44 hours of playtime, they help you conquer the hardest workouts. Use the code SNAPS25 for 25% off your order. Visit jlab.com to find your kind of tech. Superchargers, headlights, and more. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. With over 122 million parts at eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Plus, with prices that don't break the bank, you can stay on your A-game. I mean, come on, guys. What's not to love? Well, the parts you need at the prices you want, it's so easy to bring home that win. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The volume. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to a brand new episode of Snaps. Uh, where, uh huh? For some reason, I'm struggling to find the live stream myself, uh, so I'll get to your comments here in a minute. I am one of your hosts, T-Bob Bear, joined as always by Mr. QB1 himself, Aaron Murray. Aaron, what's up, dude? Game day, baby. That's right, boy. Yeah, hey, such a big fan. I, I, I do think we're struggling to go live, by the way, uh, producer Brum, just FYI. We are live now. Okay, so we're live now. Should I just start over? Hey, Three, two, on? one, go. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome into Snaps. Little technical difficulties, but we are now live. There we go. I see the chat, dude. Share it with your friends. Go beeves. Go dogs. We got a lot of dog talk coming up for you today after we get done with a little Panther hockey talk. That's right, baby. Florida Panthers getting ready to take down those cursed Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, you got, I mean, shout out to Pavel Burry. You love to see it. Shout out to the NHL playoffs. Aaron Murray. Co-host of this college football show. What's going on, man? How you doing today? Hey, man. As soon as my bolts are out of it, I'm done watching NHL hockey. They just they need a break. Mm. Uh, well, they've been like three straight Stanley Cups. Won a couple of them. Lost last year. They just need a little chill. So I'm done. I'm also going to take the rest of the playoff series off and just um, I guess watch a little basketball. Maybe it's ba- basketball is rolling a little bit right now. This is a weird time of the year because like I don't. I say I like hockey, but I really don't like watching it on TV. I prefer going to the games, and obviously we don't have a team in Atlanta. And I'm not like the biggest basketball fan, but I feel like I should because the volume is so heavy into the NBA right now that I feel like I need to support the company. So I'm kind of stuck at the moment. What do you think? Uh, I got I got an NBA take. Um, we were talking about whether or not the Pelicans should pursue Dylan Brooks and talking about how the Pelicans are basically pretty soft overall and they need somebody with a little edge and like they're not in a place where they can say no to a 3 and D guy. But I stumbled upon uh, the take that you cannot be an enforcer, like your bad guy. You can't be like a Draymond Green or Dylan Brooks or whatever on an NBA team if you're European. Uh, Brum, am I right or wrong in this? Am I being xenophobic? Because I don't think I am. Oh, do we have Brum? Maybe we don't have Brum. Um, either way. Sorry, T-Bob. I had two mics off because I was confused. Um, no, you're good. Yeah. The bottom line is I, we were looking, okay. We're talking about the Pelagazine edge, right? Yes. Dylan Brooks. I'm here. I heard the take. I just, okay. Yes. You cannot be that guy. If you're European. Find me the guy who is. Um, I think you're. I think you're on to something here. Um, mm-hmm. it's just it's tough. Difficult. Like you have to be a little bit better than Dylan Brooks to like really back it up. Like you, like you can't. Like 
the best version as like a C plus player who's an A plus shit talk shit talker, and Dylan Brooks is like a C minus NBA player. He's just a little too bad. I mean, can you say C minus when old boy just got second team all defense though? Okay, look, we don't need to get into it. Whatever. There are your NBA takes of the show. Uh, you're welcome. The volume we fit in around here now, Aaron. I there did our go. job. Um, also, to be clear, what, what Draymond not- Green can teach Georgia about winning three titles. We'll just see. Yes, that. there we go. Still trying to get in touch with Draymond too about the big Peyton Thorne transfer news. Um, don't know yeah. why. Bro, I think it's like the internal Slack channel here at the volume or something. That's just you know I don't know. I think we're having some sort of technical difficulties. Well, uh, uh, we'll, we'll if they hopefully. win tonight, we'll we'll reach out again see if we get some less break yeah. silence. Well, if they lose tonight, it's a better situation because he's kind of the season's done with. He's got a little bit more time on his hands. We do not root against right. the Warriors here at the volume. Uh, yes. Also, remember, bro. I feel like the um, Lakers are reach big, out. big time stuff for the, the volume as well. I feel like volume heavy, heavy Lakers as well. So it's kind of like right down the middle. No. Uh, if you are in national media, I think the Lakers do good for you, no matter what. I yes. loathe it. I hate it. There's no wrong answer with the Warriors and the Lakers. Yes. This is the correct answer. Um, no. Sir Clampy Tid says, has Brum ever disagreed with a T-Bob take? Hashtag LSU connection. Hell yeah. I mean, it's actually not true. Brum does disagree with me quite often, but I kind of put him on the spot there. And honestly, it is a very open-ended question as to whether or not a European basketball player can be an enforcer, right? And it's one to – like if you're asked to answer it immediately, you almost just have to agree because what are you going to sit there? Go through the European Rolodex in your in your head? But even then, I thought maybe Eastern Europeans, but look at Vladi Divac. What was he known for? Flopping. Okay. So I, I don't know. Find me the European, dude. I will say uh, T Bob and I's most of our disagreements come off come in off the show topics. Yeah. Uh that is that is that is probably that is probably true as well. What's up, Daniel Barry highlights? What's up, Eddie? Andy J. Blake Walters breaking parallels. No, to be clear, I probably won't be watching hockey night, although I do think NHL playoffs are spectacular. Um, but I am addicted right now to WoW Classic, so I'll probably be running like stockades or something again tonight. Shout out to Bilbo T. Baggins, though. He's a Florida man, Miami man, and he's the one who gave me this Florida Panthers jersey. Lightning suck, Aaron. How about that? Oh, they're not, the good thing they're not called the Lightning anymore. They're just straight bolts. So um, at least get the name right before you Wait, start listing the best team in the NHL for the past four years. Yeah, well, they're just, they're just, wait, just the bolts. When, no lightning. When did that, when did that happen? Because because everybody was just saying go bolt go bolts and so they just made it yeah there. so they're just like screw it let's rebrand it we're bolts and then they kind of went on this huh work run and kind of right now in the middle of an incredible dynasty just, why is just, why is Tampa so obsessed with having really good sports teams that love to change names and when are the Buccaneers going to join I mean from the Devil Rays to the Rays from the Lightning to the Bolts when are the Bucks just going to become maybe the Bucks? it's just an education thing because I know you like to to hit on the fact that. People in Florida just aren't very smart, you know, so you kind of dumb it down, make the name a little bit shorter, a little easier to say, you know, saying go Buccaneers. Also, Aaron, this is not correct at all. What? (laughs) It's not even remotely correct. They're definitely still the the lightning. lightning? Everybody in chat is saying they're still lightning. No, they're the bolts. (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) I mean, I don't... um, yeah, I, I the Tampa Lightning, colloquially bolts. known as the Bolts. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm really trying I'm to come off the local top. knowledge here. I'm giving local yeah. knowledge here. No, you're yeah. not though. That's what I'm saying. You, you, you gaslit me, and I believed you because, like, you should have local knowledge, but you just fucking lied. You just straight up were dead wrong and said it. Like, he was so wrong that I had to like Google the obvious fact. Like I, I it's like Googling. I, I had to Google is the sky blue because Aaron said something so incorrect. That's what I, I mean. That's why <laughs> saying a lie with confidence is so deadly and deceptive. Is that yeah? I bought I that. Swear, I, 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 I swear, we were on the street was that there was a full name change and they just oh, go with both. People are saying. What are people saying? Uh, but the Devil Rays are just the Rays now, right? Yes, Why don't you watch a little just, Rays? Aren't they hot? Haven't they won like 18 games in a row or something? God, they tied the record to start the, the, the season off. Most, most, <laughs> once again, I think this is correct, right? I, you might okay. <laughs> We're now talking about college football in three, two, one. <laughs> How did the Georgia Bulldogs get to the top of the heap? Okay, we got another. Seth Emerson certified banger. If you're a UGA Bulldog fan out there, as uh, Seth has a great piece on the athletic right now, and it's kind of exploring this idea. How did Georgia go from a team that hadn't won a natty in 
40 years to now a team just a few years later has two natties. Looks like they're closing in on three. And according to a survey conducted at a high school football All-American game back in January by 247 Sports, uh, all, the, all the recruits of the game said Georgia had the best facilities, uh, bar none. Like they won the, the anonymous All-American poll. So how did it happen? this quickly and it's a very great piece Aaron. and i'm going to lean on you for insight here but real quick off the jump this is what i'll say you know this one of my favorite parts of college football is how it tends to mid- mirror kind of um historical warfare right or historical politics and almost medieval and feel i always go back to roman history like these these head coaches kind of being these politician generals um and and one of my favorite things to watch is the economic impact, right? The literal benefits of conquest. You saw T-Town go from being Alabama, the easiest school to get into out of state back in 2007, kind of a decrepit town, right? But just a normal college town to now, it's got this thriving local economy, new buildings everywhere you look, new fountains, aesthetically more pleased than ever been, new businesses being, uh, you know, popping up by the day. Um, and it's because Nick Saban created Conquest, right? Well, the same way UGA are feeling said benefits. They just built an $80 million football ops building, $63 mm-hmm. million recruiting room and locker room at Sanford Stadium. $32 million indoor facility. They're paying Kirby $111 million. During the spring game, why was half of Sanford Stadium closed down? For construction. And it's just like back in these Roman times, dude. You go, you conquer your opponents, you pillage their lands, you bring back the bullion, you bring back the booty, and then you build temples, you build shrines, statues, mm. so that future generations may look upon what you wrought in despair. And guess who's the happiest are? The people. Okay, because they enjoy the riches as well. It trickles down. It's just wild um, how much growth you're seeing out of Athens. And quite frankly, it makes them very scary going forward, Aaron, as uh, this kind of feels pretty sustainable. Yeah, what is and I will say this as someone who lived kind of before all this amazing success is they stopped being penny pitchers, man. They, they we had remember we didn't have an indoor. Um, I kind of like George and Florida the same way in the sense of like, we just feel like there's a sense of like our brand will carry us. We don't need to go above and beyond to, to give the student athlete the best experience. And like, not, I'm not saying like my experience was, was crappy at all, but like we did not have anywhere near for being the university of Georgia, a, a big time program with big time recruits and an incredible campus and the sec. We it didn't feel like that at the facilities. We had average facilities. Remember heading into my junior year, they're like, oh, we're going to renovate. We're going to put in figure out X amount of dollars and finally get going with facilities to compete with everyone else in the Southeastern Conference. And we built a 20 by 40 indoor facility, 20 by 40, not a full indoor, a 20 by 40 that was more used for dinner functions and fundraisers than what we could do for practice. If, we had, if it was raining outside, we had to come indoors, split it down the middle. So now it's, it's 10 by 20 and do walkthroughs. If it was raining in the summertime, all I could do was run slants and hitches. That's it. Slants and hitches. Huh. Maybe a 10-yard dig. That's it. That's all we could do because we didn't want to build a full indoor. No, no, no. That's too much money. Let's just give them a something. That way we can say we have an indoor at Georgia. Just stuff like that. And you just kind of scratch your head. Like, why aren't we putting ourselves in the situation to maximize the experience for the student-athlete? I mean, heading once again, heading into my senior year, I swear to God, it rained every single day, every day. That was about 10 to 15 missed opportunities to do seven-on-seven, routes-on-air, one-on-ones, because we didn't have an indoor facility to throw the football in, because they try to take the easiest path and, and save some money. Kirby comes in there and says, hell no. And this was actually just before Kirby. I think this was actually Jeremy Pruitt came. This was in 14-15, so when Rick was still the head coach, and Pruitt literally said, what the hell are we doing here? Pruitt was the one that really got things going with the indoor. Indoor gets built with Kirby. New facilities are there. You go there now. I mean, they have a five-star chef that cooks you breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You got incredible uh, uh, weight room that essentially the entire team can have its own damn squat rack. You have an incredible uh, indoor facility. You got uh, Ron Corson with all the things that you need from a rehab standpoint. The locker room is spectacular. I mean, you don't have to leave the facilities. They have a damn golf simulator, for goodness sakes, a barber, all the all mm. the works now. Like, there mm. is not one thing 
that these kids don't have to, to make sure that they're as healthy, as strong, and as productive as they can be when they're in there for, for those four or five years that they're on campus. So yeah, that's the difference. It went from how do we save money and be penny pitchers to let's spend, put our guys in a situation that they can go out there and perform at their best. And now you're seeing it with back-to-back national championships. Yeah, I think um, it's it's interesting to describe them as penny pinchers. And I think uh, Breaking Parallel said in the chat earlier, he's like, it just all comes down to Kirby, right? And that's where I go back to all these Roman parallels, right? Because in those times, the politician general, like they kind of decided their own fate in a lot of ways. He's larger than life, like your Caesars, your Pompeys that were able to 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 kind of write their name and make it immortal in that same way. It's your Sabins, your Kirby's that are able to suddenly get a school that has traditionally not wanted to invest. It now, how about this? This is a fact from USA Today, from a USA Today study, no one in the country spends more on recruiting than do the Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah. And you just heard Aaron say as recently as six, seven, eight years ago, describe them as penny pinchers. I mean, it is shocking that in 2014, the Georgia Bulldogs did not have a full 100-yard indoor. Like, like truly, truly boggles the mind. I think LSU's mm -hmm. had one since, I, I mean, since 06, 05, yeah. maybe something around yeah. there, right? But the danger is somebody in chat described Georgia as a sleeping giant, and that's where this gets a bit terrifying, right? Because now you have the guy. And you have a thriving economy, um, you know, in terms, I mean, like the state economy, right? The money that people have to funnel into the program. And you have a thriving school because they're constantly playing for championships. Like, think about what you pay for a 30-second advertisement in the national championship. And then understand for the last two years that Georgia has constantly been on those stages with their brand being put out there in a positive manner. It just all creates money. Right. Mm -hmm. And then they're and that, like I said, now with Kirby, though, they're willing to put the money back into the program to the most money. Recruiting. How do you keep your soldiers happy? You freaking pay him. OK, your best yeah. generals, you pay him. They just paid Trey Scott a one. He got the defensive line coach, coach at Georgia. Yes. The defensive line coach at Georgia yes. is making a million dollars a year after LSU flirted with him a little bit here. They need a D line coach. Kane goes to the NFL. They give him a raise, second raise of this offseason to a million dollars a year mm. to keep him in Athens, which also tells me George uh, LSU in the Kelly Woodward era is down to clown as well because the only way yeah. that that gets to a million is if LSU was like, hey, we'll pay you like 900 or, or yeah. something along those lines. So the they have the right guy. They ha Oh, and sorry, here's the last dangerous part about Georgia. So uh, there's an awesome athletic article where they looked at 10 years of recruiting and development. They try to say, okay, who put the most five stars in the NFL? Who the most four stars, most three stars? Uh, one of the things within this article is that they learned that Louisiana is number two per capita in terms of producing NFL players. Who's number one? Georgia. Where that gets extra dangerous, as I said, per capita, right? Louisiana has a very, very, very small population. Like, I mean, very small, right? Georgia has a massive population, and yet they're still number one per capita. And guess what? Don't give me any Georgia Tech bullshit, Aaron Murray. Georgia is in the same situation that LSU is. There is no other flagship. Yes, Georgia Tech is isn't. not taking a recruit no. from Georgia. So here you have a perfect storm of good if you are a Georgia Bulldog fan where you have the innate geographical advantages, you have better natural talent than anyone in the entire state, you've got the right general, and now you have economic buy-in from the people yep. who control the purse strings. It is scary right now for the rest of college football. Well, Nick Saban said it when, when Kirby took it over the job, he took the job, he said Athens is a sleeping giant. I mean, you, you just brought up Tuscaloosa, what, 10 minutes ago, and, and you said it was not maybe an incredible destination. And now all of a sudden it is completely transformed over the past decade plus because of all the money, mm -hmm. the attention, you know, the, the championships, Nick Saban, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, Athens was in a great spot before that with everything else. I mean, the, the facilities needed an upgrade, but you and I know, and everyone here in the Southeast knows yeah. that Athens sure. as a town and as a campus, you can't beat it. They always ranked as one of the best downtowns, one of the best student environments. You're an hour proximity away from Atlanta, which is the biggest city here in the Southeast. Um, 
great weather, education wise, you know, what number three in the SEC, like you had everything ready to go from everything outside of the facility, from, like I said, the education, the, 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 the being a, a normal student activities, et cetera. Now you just need someone to take care of the facilities in the winning mentality. And we all knew Kirby was that guy based on what he did with Alabama and, and under, under Nick Saban. So that was the final piece. That was it. You just needed that general to be plugged into the football side mm. of it. And now you got the full package. You do. You have the literally the entire package. And I sound like, I sound like a damn car salesman here, you know, pumping up my alma mater. But it's true. Where else can you get the football, the academics, the experience, the city, proximity to a major city? Where else can you get it right now besides Athens, Georgia? I mean, no, it's you're right. I mean, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. This is, this is why I kind of sit here. And if Georgia can continue, if Kirby Smart can get the only thing that would have come close is USA. Um, yes, I agree. That's the only yes. that's the only one that popped in my head was USC. That's a good point. But they, uh, they, have I mean, the they got LA. They really don't need to because you know they. And also, and college football will never be as important in Los, Los Angeles as it is no, in Athens. No, they don't have the body. Yeah, but 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 at the same time, it doesn't have to be to match the economics of a Georgia, right? Because yeah. like, if you get one percent of LA money, uh, like whatever, like let's say you have five percent buying in LA versus fifty percent buying in Georgia, that five percent LA still has the potential it, to match I, the fifty percent economically. I, 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 USC is a great academics. Um, Andy Jay goes Tennessee and Nashville, LSU, New Orleans. Like I get okay, yes, that you're just hitting on one nah, of the points, but, and that is proximity to a big city. New Orleans city, is a but, dying city, though. I mean, well, I, and I don't. I don't, don't, I'm have, sorry, I don't, don't mean that. Like, I don't mean that. It's it, it's not not crapping on your alma mater there, but LSU academics are on the same level as Georgia academics. Um, what are you talking about? Um, I'm pretty sure we have like. Uh, uh, I'm just going on rankings here, boys. I'm just going we have on like an astronaut here. or something floating around out there, don't we, Brum? Don't, don't, don't. Do then, then there's somebody who just floating. went to space, maybe like a scientist. I think, so, I think we figured out something about gravity recently, which was pretty impressive. Yeah. And people were like, "Look at that, huh?" Yeah. So, so fuck you, Aaron. You don't know what you're talking about. Is my point. Um, and sorry, yeah. on the neurons thing, I'm not like talking about crime or anything like that. Although, whatever. Uh, I just mean literally New Orleans population is shrinking while Nashville and Atlanta are exploding. So I don't think yeah. that that, uh, that that necessarily uh, – <laughs> Blake Walters, T-Bob's like, what do you mean? We had classes to go to as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I went to class too. What are you talking about? There, get out of here. Um, so, so, yeah, Georgia is um, – how about this? Andy J says, is Josh Heupel like a fat Luke Skywalker of this story? Is Josh Heupel the one who's going to hop in that X-Wing, go on the trench run, and blow up Kirby Smart and the Georgia Bulldogs? I think they have a chance. I mean, it just it, it is <clears> – the problem is LSU was was toe-for-toe toe with Alabama, and, 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 and you know they have been the big, the big thorn in Alabama's heel. Whenever Alabama wasn't winning, it was probably most of the time because LSU was having success, and that was always the big game. There's a reason why CBS always had that as the doubleheader nighttime matchup for their you know, only two times they did it per year just because LSU was established. LSU was competitive. LSU was winning championships, and then Alabama obviously has been on their run as well. Georgia's been now on a you – know, was, was really good before Kirby took over. He took over a pretty established program and obviously took it now to new heights. Tennessee's catching up. Once again, like LSU and Alabama are here, and Alabama kind of took a little bit step here, but LSU is always just nipping, 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 winning yeah. championship. Georgia's here, Tennessee's here. True. And I'm sorry for those True. listening on on on, on podcasts here, but it's a big. It's, he's to, he's it's making a bigger, a bigger, a bigger gap, gap with this second one. Than the first I'm one. making a bigger <laughs> gap here, so you have a lot more of a climb to catch up to what Kirby's building. Like that's my only concern. Like. Can it happen? Yeah, it can happen. I just don't think that's going to happen in the next three, four years, you know? And, and it, the key for, for Tennessee fans is, you know, one, be patient, and two, lucky for you, you're not going to have to play Georgia every year starting next year. You know, when you go into this new pod system, it's no longer like, hey, we have to defeat Georgia if we want to win the East and make it to Atlanta. It's like, no, you 
take care of your pod or just be one of the 12 teams at the end of the day that, that make it into the playoffs. So you're not really having so, to compete with Georgia. Well, I mean, but it's not even really. I mean, are we still? Isn't it not technically a pod system though? I mean, really, it's just going to be. It's just an open. Like you just pod. have to take care of the SEC. You got to take. You're playing every team uh, in four not years. Like you just got to take care of the SEC. It's not technically a pod because the whole pod doesn't play each other. It's just that everybody has three permanent opponents. You get what I'm saying? In a pod but system, you're in your own little pod, right? You, you okay? So I guess everyone you could in your. Say, I, I am just saying in terms of the the thing that was actually called the pod system that was proposed, that was yep. like almost like SEC East, North, Southwest in that all those teams would have played each other every year. And this, yes, everybody has their own grouping, but like I can be, okay, LSU can play Alabama every single year and play Texas A&M, but Alabama doesn't play Texas A&M. You know, in a pod system, they would all be together and they would play like an NFL division almost. Gotcha. You just have your... That, that's, I mean, it, it, it's semantic. Yeah. It's semantic. It doesn't yeah. fucking matter. Yeah. It, it doesn't mean anything. Play nine yeah. games. Okay, SEC, shut up. Stop yeah. arguing. Stop being dumb. Play nine games. Rotate through. Everybody in four years. It's awesome. It's right there in front of you. It's literally the easiest, most obvious decision in the entire world. Uh, Mary mm -hmm. Av says, Chip Kelly has the Bruins on the rise in Los Angeles. Um, I'm going to be very interested to see mm -hmm. how Chip Kelly does post DTR and Zach Charbonnet. If he can yeah. come back strong again this year, then I'll maybe start to give UCLA a little more credit. But I, I just, I have a feeling that you're, you're looking at a massive drop off. You're not going to get the consistency there because you don't have the buy-in. But you don't. When, when's the last time UCLA had buy-in from the fan base? Yeah. to create enough no. buzz to create the consistency like you you you're what you just said you're relying on that once every four or five years getting a special quarterback and a, and a skill position player to make you extremely competitive and then as soon as they're gone you you didn't take advantage of it like you it would have been great if, if i turned on the tv every you know saturday night last year and you did have two monster players that that the the rose bowl was packed out and you kind of you know kept that that juice going for the next you know grouping of, of recruits to get excited about but you didn't the place was never filled up wasn't even half filled yeah. besides the game versus yeah. usc like you did not take advantage of having star players in a really good season like if i'm a recruit i'm like man they're having an awesome season they might have a chance to win the pac-12 and there's twenty thousand people in the stands in the most beautiful stadium in america like fuck that i ain't going here no, no, I mean, no, I, I, I agree. I think UCLA has, um, like you're saying, larger culture things they got to overcome if they ever want to be really relevant in college football. It doesn't mean they can't be good. They can be good. But if they really want to be great, uh, I just don't see it happening. Um, speaking of being great, it's looking like Georgia's feeling pretty big for their britches, right? Right after you talk about, look, they may think themselves an empire, but are they bigger than the American empire? Because they seem to think so, as uh, Georgia is yet again declining to visit the White House. What's up, Aaron? What's going on, man? Why is Georgia so salty? Sound a little miffed. What's going on? Why, why is Georgia not going to the White House? I mean, it's an awesome deal. You get to go see one you know of those why? iconic videos. You can because feel the history. Of you yeah. It was, there wasn't an invite. There wasn't an invite. It took Warren Brinson, one of the, one of the defensive tackles, uh, to literally tweet at POTUS. Wow, no invite to the White House this year. Sad face at POTUS for then there to be an invite to go to the White House. Like I don't know what what got missed with when did when did when did, he, when did he tweet this? When did he tweet this? He tweeted he it tweet? on February twentieth, so almost a month and a half after winning the national okay. championship. He's having to tweet out, "Hey, where's our invite?" Like winning a natty and going to the White House is like winning a Super Bowl. And going to Disney the next day, it just it just happens, and mm -hmm. you're kind of sitting back like, where, "Where's the invite, POTUS? Like, what's going on? Wake up, let's go. We want to go to DC." And, um, yeah, no invite. It it, it took a tweet. Okay, so so here, bit. so so I guess he tweeted that on the twentieth. Uh, it looks like political leaders in Georgia then had a bipartisan resolution where they called for the White House to invite UGA to the, the again, I don't know why the White House just, like, like you said, like drop the ball. Why get in any of this? Just, just have them come out. Like just, just do what everybody's done for a hundred years or whatever. Uh, so then the White House releases a statement on February 22nd. The president looks forward in welcoming the Georgia Bulldogs to the White House reportedly. 
they kind of went back and forth. They're talking about dates. UGA's talking about dates. They say they can't line up. Then eventually on May 3rd, they get an official invitation to come on June 12th, which is, um, well, George says it's not feasible, but also it's the same day that they're having an event called College Athlete Day where they're going to have a number of teams out there. So I don't know about you. To me, this feels like one giant pissing contest, right? Yes. George is saying, oh, that doesn't work for our schedule. And the White House saying, hey, we're the fucking White House. You think we go off the Georgia football schedule? Yeah. And then yeah. the White House throws him yeah. a little disrespect by being like, okay, you know what? Come June 12th. We're having the swimming teams out. Why don't you come June 12th? George says, you know what? Go fuck yourself. I'm not coming on June 12th. In fact, I'm who, not coming who, at all. Who, who, uh, who, so yes, who, way who, to go. That a boy, toxic, toxic dick measuring masculinity has led yeah. to these kids not getting to go see the White House. 2019 LSU remains the last team to go to the White House, and they did it so cool doing the Get the Gat video in the White House that nobody else ever gets to go again, apparently. Yeah. Um. It is a pissing contest, but it's still. I'm putting the blame on the White House for this one. I'm sorry, but like you, the, the invite. What? The invite. You're a football team, dude. Go. Just go the to the invite. White House over the weekend. No, 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 no. The invite should have been on Kirby's desk within a week. <laughs> within a week is the I mean, national look, championship of you. college oh, football. The invite should have been on his desk the week after they won a national championship. So it was uh, already, already there's a little bit of, 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 you know, chest up, pissed off that they, it took a, you know, one of our players to tweet. So they're already ticked off. Then they get some BS dates that don't work. Then they want to clump them with all these other sports that no one even gives a damn about. Like, no, screw that nonsense. I'm not going. JLab has something for everyone with earbuds and headphones that are as versatile as you are. Perfect for calls, listening to podcasts, and working out. They are built for every single moment. JLab is proud to partner with powerhouse college athletics. UCLA, Duke, Gonzaga, Indiana, St. John's, TCU, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Minnesota, San Diego State, and more. From lively tailgates to coaches play calling and courtside rivalries to college athletics and IL deals. J-Labs joins the action and connects with 182 million plus college sports fans nationwide. They're excited to partner with 17 D1 college schools showcasing their passion and loyalty of fans and athletes across the United States. Whether creating cutting-edge tech products or pursuing athletic greatness, being the best takes hard work and commitment. JLab is proud to partner with schools who are showcasing the hard work, perseverance, and even the championship celebrations across all college sports. Use code SNAPS25 for 25% off your order. Visit JLab.com to find your kind of tech. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything everybody including sitting presidents so join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before tell it like it is and even sing a song or two this is our podcast and we're going to do it our way listen to our way on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts I'm John Seifer. And I'm Jerry O'Shea. We spent over 30 years in the CIA uncovering global conspiracies. Conspiracies aren't just a theory to us, which is why we started our podcast, Mission Implausible. 
Everyone has questions about conspiracy theories, but with our background, we can actually answer those questions. We break open modern-day conspiracies and tell you which elements may be the real deal. Like, did Bill Gates use COVID vaccines to microchip us all? We all do have tracking devices. Mm -hmm. We carry them around. We spend a lot of money on them. And what's actually on Hunter Biden's laptop? You are talking to the guy that has three of Hunter Biden's laptops and cell phone. And what did the deep state build under Denver Airport? Do you think there are secret bunkers? That's just on my list of questions I have about Jesse Ventura. It's our mission to get to the heart of these conspiracy theories and figure out the why, the how, and especially the if. Listen to Mission Implausible on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. See, exactly. Yeah, you want If there's ever been a bigger example of the thing that I'm always talking about, that you're going to lose your edge, Georgia, Wooden clogs on the way up, silk slippers on the way down. Pride yeah, cometh before the fall. All of a sudden, you're too fucking big for the White House. Brandon yeah. Pratt, the $5 Super Chat, says, UJ players ain't trying to get sniffed on by Sleepy Joe. Here's the deal. <laughs> I don't give a fuck who the president is. You go to the White House, okay? True. Like, I that's agree. just the bottom line. Individually, yeah. you got political problems and you don't want like him, then you stay home. Like, on an individual, the team goes to the nothing to do with the de- president. It is everything would do with just going to the White House. Like, you, it, yeah, it's a pretty cool. You deprive. So, so exactly. So why are these kids being deprived of one of the coolest experiences ever? I got to go in 2007. It was incredible. It, it, it was like mind blowing how wild it was to be in those buildings and to to get to see the actual president in real life. It was George Bush at the time. It was it was truly mind blowing. Um, and yet see, so. Georgia can't get out of their own way and just go just suck it up and say you know what it's not our ideal date but we'll go it's it's that's i, I think that's some bush league shit on kirby's part but yeah. whatever i guess y'all are bigger than america now huh is that is that what you're trying to tell me we're Aaron? america's team now just that's it we're america's team you think you're america's georgia team? bulldogs you think you, the average team. college football fan wants the georgia bulldogs to win I don't see Why? anything wrong. Who do you, who who who's America's team then? Texas? You think people want Texas to win? Who Hell is no. America's team? Can we ask whoever who, whoever represents twenty nineteen LSU? Duh, dude. Still no. But in all seriousness, America's team will never be the dominant reigning dynasty. So it's not Bama. It's not UGA. It can't be Texas just because they're so full of themselves and nobody likes them. It has to be like somebody a bit more scrappy. Um, am Wisconsin? I out of base in saying Michigan could maybe make its way into America's team? If Michigan was to take home a title, I could see it. I know that Michigan does. Yeah. Michigan's kind of towing the line with maybe having too many people that hate them, but like they're less hated than Ohio State. They're less dominant than Ohio State, so it's yeah. kind of a better story. I could see Michigan working its way into America's team. Kind of, I mean, certainly Tennessee. Didn't we all fall in love with Tennessee last year? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay, we did. I think Michigan. You know we did. Bro, what, what's your thoughts on this? What's who is America's team? I would like to hear this from a guy that lives in New York that where they don't give a shit about college football. What would what would the what would the average New Yorker say is America's college football team? No bro. No bro. <laughs> bro we gotta we gotta I we gotta we gotta have a better path of communication and know when Brum is actually like able to be locked in and when he's having to do other work because he stays very busy, right? He manages yes. a lot here at the volume. Hey, hey buddy. So I'm not blaming you. Hey, oh, hey Brum, what's up, man? What's I'm not saying anybody did anything wrong. We just need to we yeah, need to figure this out. out like when or when not we <laughs> True story. I have it. I'm actually my nose is bleeding, so I was solving that problem. I was actually not actually. Oh, working, nice. So. That sounds fun. Oh, okay. I see, Brum. Chill out, dude. It's Wednesday. You can't be doing that at Wednesday one thirty. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I'm doing uh, when I'm working. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's yeah, like that's what a lot of people do it actually. Um, Tom Reed says T Bob did some crank for the broadcast. See, exactly. He knows. Uh, All right. No, All you right. know Andy J has a good I one. It's Notre Dame. Dame. It's Notre Dame. Notre Dame's America's team. <laughs> Uh, okay, in the Marcus Freeman era, because Brian Kelly's severely nationally disliked, in the Marcus Freeman era, they have a way better chance. But, you know, maybe it's been long enough since Notre Dame dominance that people get behind that. But there was definitely a time where people had Notre Dame fatigue. Really? So, uh, can we, Brum, can you get into this conversation real quick? Who is America's the team? New Yorker. 
Yeah, who has the, the potential to be USA? America's team? Yeah, USA. Oh my God! It's just uh, no. The answer? Well, no. Flashy. He's not wrong. He's not wrong. People would much rather see USC win a championship than Georgia. A hundred percent. Not not in the southeast, but likely across the rest of the country. If you took a poll, I feel like majority would vote USC over Georgia. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, I, would, I would, you know, I don't like LA at all. So mm-hmm. no, it's it's, it's tough because like the south, like the southern region has has had such a dominant force over college football the last 15 years. It's like hard to pick any of those schools. Yeah. Um, and there's so much infighting in that region that like you can't really pick any of those. Um, I don't think USC hasn't been good in a while for them. You know, Oregon so, or dude, Oregon could actually be it. It's just like tough. It's just make, tough because like Oregon would make a real national championship run. Who hates Oregon? But the real thing is like that's kind of the great thing about college football is there is no America's team. Yeah, it's like there true. is there is no Cowboys, there is no Yankees, there is no Lakers. Yeah. Like there's like a few like feudal warring big brands, but there's like no, there's no like, there's no brand that's bigger so. than the sport. No. I, I guess Texas TCU, TCU had a little bit of America's team last year. You can't just base uh, it off a season. I'm just talking about like for for the average person who doesn't watch college football, what would they not say if you if they, if name me the top team? Name me if you ask a a, a someone who's from another country and that you know once again the baseball. Name me an MLB team, Yankees. Name me a NBA team, LA Lakers. Oh, um, okay. Name me a college football team. There's Notre no, Dame. That's all, if, if it's that's the logic, then it's a hundred percent Notre Dame. I would. Say uh, you think even over Alabama? I feel like it's probably. I mean, people have heard of Alabama all over the world after these past fifteen years. But I feel but, like, but like fifteen years is is a lot short of time than fifty years where Notre Dame was the dominant brand. But it's also a way more visible time, you know. Like Notre yeah. Dame, but Notre Dame has been here. like globally visible for fifty years, and also like mm. there's no stronger global brand than the Catholic Church. Uh, that, okay, fair point of the Catholic Church. Um, I really like how just grandiose this argument is getting. Uh, let's go ahead and take advantage of all of our global contacts at the Volume Brum. And I'm going to need you to form some sort of international poll amongst non-American football fans and ask which brand is bigger, Alabama or Notre Dame. Sounds good. It's the only way to solve this argument. Um, Breaking Parallel says, T-Bob do mushrooms next stream. Um, My my pupils would be like, it's like popping out. Uh, Let's get to some transfer news. Uh, Peyton Thorne, we, we mentioned it at the NHL yesterday, but Peyton Thorne, former Michigan State quarterback, we talked about a big trouble in East Lansing about a week ago. Well, uh, we thought that maybe, oh, what's his name? Uh, the old boy from Nebraska last year was going to transfer be quarterback. Instead, Casey Thompson. it looks like, yes, Casey Thompson is going to go to Auburn. Instead, it looks like Peyton Thorne is Auburn's choice, as he is officially committed to go play for Hughes Freeze. Uh, we can get in to Thorne's numbers, Aaron. Um, I will say this, okay? Hugh Freeze, regardless of how you feel about him, maybe some of the decisions he has made in you know, life or how he's handled things at times, um, he's very good at getting the most out of his quarterbacks, right? Yeah. He makes former Auburn transfer Malik Willis into a first-round pick coming out of Liberty. He makes third round, excuse me. He makes Clemson transfer Chad Kelly into a first team, all sec player and draft pick. Uh, I don't know how good Peyton Thorne will be, but I feel very comfortable saying that Thorne will be better than he has ever been before. Yeah. Um, I mean, he played well two years ago. And you know, last year was a down year. They they didn't really have the run game to kind of take the pressure off him. He's not a superstar. Like, let's just get this straight. I'll put it out there. Like, I think a lot of people realize he's not Caleb Williams. He's not Drake May. He's not a guy that you say, hey, go out there and throw the ball 40, 50 times and go win us the football game. He's he's average. He is. There's nothing sexy or wow factor or this guy's an all SEC guy or this guy's gonna help us win that show. Like, that's not there. But what is there is a, a guy that is obviously more experienced than anyone else you have on the roster right now at that position, and a guy who is better than what you have at the position right now. Like I like Robbie Ashford, 
But Robbie Amos, yeah, Robbie's a great athlete that, yes, you could maybe find a way to continue to get him packages, but did not take as big of a stride as, as I'm sure they hoped this spring where you felt comfortable giving him the entire playbook. So you need to bring a guy in that can be a quarterback, that can throw the football, that can run your entire playbook. And so, yes, he, you brought in an average quarterback, but that average quarterback, while it's not like you know, I'm not you know jumping up and down if I'm a Tiger fan – is still better than what we had. Like that's the problem. Yeah. Like, you just were. You didn't have anything. You did it. You, you TJ Finley's gone. Obviously, he didn't work out last year. You know what you got in Robbie, which is a, a still a guy that's very, very, very much in the developmental stage of his career. You need to bring a guy with some experience, a guy that can run your offense. You did that. They missed out on the first window, which was the better window when it comes to the portal being open. They didn't get anyone. Um. And we knew it was going to be slim pickings a second go. I still think Casey Thompson was the better option, but you know they liked they like Payne Thorne maybe because he's you know a little bit younger, has more time, you know can stay around for a couple more years. I don't know, but well, I Thompson, will say this: both guys are better options. Thompson didn't have as good of a Thompson's never had a year though like Thorne had in twenty twenty one, has he? No. Yeah. Now, granted, that was a good Michigan State team, but I mean, he's the quarterback of an eleven win team. He beats Penn State in the Peach Bowl, going twenty nine of fifty for three fifty four and three touchdowns. Those for thirty two hundred on the year, twenty seven touchdowns, ten picks. Like he was really good in twenty twenty one. Like everybody yeah. else in East Lansing, he fell off in twenty twenty two. But like, I feel infinitely better about Hugh Freeze training Peyton Thorne than I do um, uh, Mel Tucker. Uh, here's one thing that's kind of interesting is, if you remember that 2021 year, uh, Mel Tucker actually brought in, I think it was Temple's all-time leading passer to compete with Thorne. It was kind of thought that he was going to take Thorne's job. Well, Thorne ends up doubling down, working hard. He wins the job, goes on to have a great year. I wonder now. Can Robbie Ash is Robbie Ashford capable of responding in that same way? Maybe we've already seen the limit, but like, will the shoe be on the other foot for Peyton Thorne? Does he show up, compete, and end up losing the job to the incumbent? Probably not, but mm -hmm. it's certainly something to watch going forward. Uh, here, here's where it gets it's interesting, just, too. You know what's amazing yeah, go to ahead. me? I think obviously it's more amazing Alabama's in this situation, but the, the, the that, that state right now. I still don't know if 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 Alabama is going to have you know the, the um, Buckner be the starting quarterback or not come next season. I, I don't know if you brought him in to start or if you brought him in to um, to to compete just as a safety guy that knows the offense. I do think that you know uh, he was brought in right now. Payne Thorne was brought in to be the starting quarterback, but the thought that both these teams could have average transfer quarterbacks be their starter come September. It's just amazing to see both those teams, that, which have had pretty good quarterback play over the de past decade plus, kind of be in the situation right now where they're so desperate, they're getting <laughs> mediocre guys this late in the game to be the starting quarterbacks. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a great point. Peyton Thorne and Tyler Buckner. Uh, yeah. and, and look, I and, and, yeah, that, that I, Alabama and Auburn would have this situation heading into 2023. Hey, um, Aaron, what month comes after August? September. What I say? Okay, okay. I didn't know if we had a Philadelphia situation on our hands. You said September. I didn't know if you said like that every time though, or if it was just a bit of a slip. Uh, okay. I didn't know we're slip. so aggressive on every time I fuck up a word in this chat. No, Philadelphia <laughs> was funny. Like it. It was. Okay, just, it was. was it, it's every time. It's every time. Had multiple listeners uh, hit me up outside of the show about it as well. Yeah, I know. Philadelphia, Philadelphia. No, 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 no! Don't change for us. No, no, hell no! You own that Delphia, okay? Philadelphia, Lundgren, yeah. Um, so you got Tyler Buckner, Alabama. I appreciate Thomas. Hey, keep me on my toes. You have Peyton Thorne to Auburn, Spencer Sanders to Ole Miss, Graham Mertz to Florida, Devin Leary to Kentucky. Five major SEC schools, all with. Maybe now I'll put Leary in mediocre. You know, what have you done for me? Uh, no, oh, mediocre quarterbacks. Well, he can be, but he wasn't last year. He took a massive step back. Peyton yeah. Thorne can be good, but he took a massive back. Like, up. Um, how many okay, SEC that, schools are gonna have are gonna have transfer quarterbacks start next year? Possibly Alabama. I'm sure he'll start at some point. Auburn, Florida, Kentucky, LSU. He transferred two years ago. Aaron, are you for real? South Carolina, Tennessee, 
Eight. 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 What did Aaron do, bro? What did, what did Aaron do? Where you don't see Aaron Zoom open? McGee over here? Look at him. Oh, no. I was looking up Devin Leary stats. Uh, I, 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 what, I didn't what see what, what ended up happening. He just backed himself up like he was like, there we go. Back to the front of you go. camera. Um, you, you can still hear me, though. Eight, eight, eight transfer quarterbacks in this league this year. But hold on, real quick though, I want to focus on I don't want to focus on the guys that transferred last year. Although I do feel your point, right? But that's also yeah. just going to kind of be how these super leagues I think evolve over yeah. the next few years. Is you're going to go after these known quantities, but all these five guys, you could say Devin Leary's the best, and he probably is. But his 2021 is actually only slightly better than Peyton Thorne's 2021. Um, who has the best year this year? Buckner, Sanders, Mertz, Leary, or Thorne? Buckner, Sanders won't play. Sanders. Okay, so you think, which is crazy. So you think you think there's he left to go sit behind yeah, who? I think Not he Jackson made the Dart. Dumbest, the dumbest decision going to Ole Miss. I've said it before. He's an idiot for taking that gig and going to Ole Miss when Jackson Dart had a good year, pretty good year last year. Um, I think Wait, that's, but but just, but Lane Kiffin obviously does not want to play Jackson. I know he sold. He sold it. Well, Maybe not, but then Jackson Dart, everything you keep hearing is that he balled out in spring and made massive strides and improved in every area that we wanted. Oh, wow. Jackson Dart will be the starter. Jackson Dart will be wow. the starter. So like, so that's out. I don't think Sanders is going to be the starter. Um, I don't think Buckner is going to be the starter. I do think that they're going to really give Ty Simpson every opportunity to be the starter. So I'm not banking on him. Um, okay. I think Leary is going to be the best. I think Kentucky actually has some pretty good receivers back. They got the running game. You know, the offensive line needs to get significantly better from where it was a year ago. But I would give Leary the – if Leary stays healthy, I would say Is Leary Liam be the Cohen best at Kentucky again? No. Uh, yes. Liam yeah, Cohen is. is back in – or is he is he back in Kentucky now in 2023? Yeah. Yes. Okay, yes. Yes, sorry. Well, he, he kind of bounced back and forth between L.A. and Kentucky. Yeah. Okay, okay. I, I was going to say, if Cohen's not there anymore, I don't agree. But now that he's back – I'm down to go Devin Leary to Kentucky's having the best year, but I think Peyton Thorne's actually right on his heels. The wild card in here is: Do you see anything out of Graham Mertz in Florida? No, because Florida sucks. Oh, okay, yeah. Just being honest. No, I, 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 I it's hard to judge because the spring game was so bad. But I just remember, you remember, you remember, what, was it two years ago? Graham Mertz came out and just dominated the first few games of the season. For Wisconsin, yeah. and just kind of fell off from there. You thought, like, oh my God, this kid's amazing. And and just has had a really bad year and a half since then. Um, I don't know. I just don't think that, like, Ford is just not in a good spot right now. Like, I just don't think roster wise is in a spot to really help him out. And, and you know, you know, I, feel, I think they're a six and six team. I think Kentucky's a little yeah. bit better than that. I think Kentucky has a chance to be seven, five, eight, and four. I think they're going to be improved from where they were last year. But yeah, Florida's just in a bad spot where you know you need. I mean, they just had the number four pick in the NFL draft, and he played like crap last year. Yes, no, no. Look, I look, I, I. It surprised me because I am actually a Napier believer in terms of resume, um, because what he did at UL is really freaking hard to do. But it just goes to show you that man, you just. I mean, talent evaluation so hard, dude. You never know who's going to work and who doesn't. But maybe Napier shakes back in a big way this year. Uh, we'll have to see. You know what he needs to do? He needs to hire a few more staff. If yeah. if Florida just hires a few more people, I think they're going to break through. And uh, if you don't get the joke there, uh, go look at a team picture from Florida. I don't know that you've ever seen so many people. And, and, and granted, it's probably more that they just put every single person that even tangentially touches the program in the picture, and it would look like that at other schools as well, but it is a very funny look. Uh, hey, y'all do some over-under win totals real quick on the way out here. Who we got, bro? These are a from your balls over-under win total. Aaron, the rule is don't dive into a schedule. Correct. I don't want to hear a single yes. thing about okay, where a go. team plays, okay, who I they play, it. when they it. play. Vanderbilt, over under three and a half. Where are we going? Over. Um, God, it just feels like I, I, I'm going to go with my heart over, but I actually would not bet over. Uh, I, just because I just, it feels like a trap. 
uh, after last year. Like they're not beating Florida again and shit, right? Uh, Florida Gators over and under five and a half. Under. Uh, I believe in Billy Napier. You just said it yourself. Six and six football team hit the over. Auburn over under six and a half. Over. Uh, yeah, Hugh Freeze, good coach. I'll go over. Mississippi State over under six and a half. Under. Under. Wheels come off without our guy, Mike Leach. Swing your sword. Mizzou over under six and a half. Uh, I'll go under. Uh, I'm actually going to go over here. They should have beaten Georgia. They should have beat Auburn. Had two of the worst claps I've ever seen in my life. I actually like Drinkwitz. I don't know shit about Mizzou. I'm going over. Kentucky over under six and a half. Over. Um, I'm not a Kentucky believer, but I believe they win seven games. South Carolina six and a half. I think we're probably both going over here. We love Beamer Ball. Yep. Correct. Yes. Texas A&M seven and a half. Under. Did Aaron freeze? Oh, under. You're just under. thinking. You're thinking really hard. I'm just thinking of like who else is in the West, so I like better than AM. So I'm gonna go Did under. you say under? Okay. Yeah. Uh I'm going over. I like a good eight and four year for the Aggies this year. Uh Arkansas Razorbacks, seven and a half. Give me over. Under seven and five. The record's right there. That's what Arkansas is gonna be. Ole Miss, seven and a half. Over. Um, you betting on Lane like that after the collapse of last game? Last I think year? I think Jackson Losing seven down the stretch. I, I'm betting on Dart. I I I like the potential of what I saw from Dart last year. I'm betting on him. <sighs> More like Jackson fart. Uh, okay. Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll I'll ride with you. I'll go over as well. Um, LSU nine and a half. Over. Oof. They should be. Still find it hard to believe that they will be, but we are in the new Brian Kelly era. Um, Tennessee, nine and a half. By the way, interesting kind of tier system developing here, right? Um, shocking fall from Gates for Florida to be at five and a half. But you have all your middle-of-the-pack teams in South Carolina, Kentucky, Mizzou, Mississippi State, Auburn kind of fighting, trying to climb. You have the western middle-of-the-pack teams in Ole Miss, A&M, and Arkansas that are viewed as a step above them and then you get into, like we said, the guys nipping at the heels of the big boys, Tennessee, LSU, nipping the heels of Alabama, yeah. Georgia. Tennessee, nine and a half. What you got? Under. Uh, it would be shocking to me if Tennessee pulled off a 10 and two year, second year in a row. Uh, yeah. I mean, you lose your left tackle to the NFL. Now, they can get to 10 and three with a bowl win, absolutely. But I would put my money on the under here. Alabama, 10 and a half. Under. Say it under easy, right? Under, I mean, under. under 10 and two for Alabama this year. Yep. That is going to be their record. And UGA 11 and a half over. As much as it pains me to admit it. Um, yes, the answer is over. Um, as I know, I said no schedule talk, but this is your daily reminder that UJ are cowards and have the worst schedule you've ever seen in your entire life. Yeah. But it will burn you in the playoffs. It's why you're going to lose, and it's when it's going to hold you from a third national championship. So it's you know, not a bad that. schedule. I hate enough of the bad schedule. It's not why? a bad it schedule. They're it's just better. Schedule. It's like the least. They're just nobody better than everyone short. else. They're just better than everyone else. No. No, that's you I mean, give, I'm sorry, you give Aaron. most teams that schedule, and you're that's like, oh, true. that's a pretty good schedule. You give it to George, that's, like, oh, that's, that's, a, that's a fucking lie, though. What you just said is a complete and utter lie. No one thinks starting with with Tennessee, Martin, Ball State, and UAB as three or four four games is a good schedule. And then South Carolina, you still got to play South Carolina. You have to play Auburn. You have to play Kentucky. You have to play Florida. You have to play Ole Miss. You have to play Tennessee. Yeah, yeah, play. Like that's a good what schedule. About that? Just it, Georgia's that much better. No, relative to the SEC, all those teams suck. Those are safe for Tennessee. Those are all the middle of the pack or lower teams. You're not even playing any of the good SEC teams. Get out of here. Gotta go, boys. We gotta go. Okay, y'all have a great day. We love you so much, Aaron. Thanks, man. You have a great day. What do you got going on today? You gonna do some fun? Yeah. Huh? Go karate time with little man. Yeah. Oh hell yeah, dude. Nice. 
Um, all right. Well, look, uh, huge thank you to the volume for having us here. YouTube.com slash the volume. Uh, thank you to everyone who helps to make this show happen. Uh, Paul Farrington, Ryan Brumley, Adam Gracia, Danny Cardenas, Pat Gunter. Uh, but most of all, a huge thank you to everybody who listens every day and who shares it with their friends and who rates it and reviews it and likes the post and all that other stuff that, well, allows us to continue to do this because I love doing this and um, I hope you all have fun every day because I know that we have a lot of fun. Uh, we love you and uh, we'll see you tomorrow on a brand new episode of Snaps. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man, who was called Mal Evans, who was on roadie, and uh, <clears throat> I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, what? Salt and pepper? Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. We did, but honestly, I was left with more questions than answers, Tony. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. And I'm Michael Costa, comedian from The Daily Show. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1. Our F1 102, if you will. And get all of the answers. All of them? Listen to Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.